Another edition of the Behind the You podcast. Pleased to be joined by an old friend, George Sedano. I've lost my hair. He still has all his. What's up, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, I just saw you last week. I'm great. Two times in a row, you get to call the spring game. I imagine for a Miami guy, right, and a guy who's known Mario a long time, it's pretty fun. Oh, there's no question about it. I always get the email about the schedule for the spring games. And I chose Miami for obvious reasons. And then I also chose Vandy. And people are going to wonder why Vandy. Uh, two reasons. Number one, I'm intrigued by them having coming off a season where they finally snapped a 26-game losing streak in the SEC. I really like their coach, Clark Lee, who played at Vandy, came from Notre Dame as their DC a couple years ago, and also direct from L.A. Right. Like that's also the other part of the equation. Where can I get to where I don't have to make a pit stop somewhere? I thought you were going to say just Nashville, like just need to scope out Nashville. Oh, I've been. It's great. I love it. It's a great town. I, you know, big town, SEC country, talk a little SEC too. You know, I mean, I thought it was fascinating. So I got my SEC and ACC fixed the last couple of weeks. Well, we're trying to be SEC, buddy, down here. <laughs> the way you guys are managing the program, it looks like guys are, are more sec these days absolutely all right so any difference in mario year one year two in terms of your interaction with his vibe his view where he's at etc from the time you got to spend with him he looked more comfortable i don't think there's any question i think that mario is a guy historically that always kind of takes his time with stuff you know really is thoughtful introspective about everything really and you know you're the head coach of a program anywhere but let alone the university of miami you're a CEO, so you've got to look at it that way, right? And you got to reimagine every aspect of the product and the company, in this case, we'll call it, and the program. And I think he's done that. And I think, you know, this is just me now talking. I get the sense that while that coaching staff last season was great, the names were incredible, I don't think the program was there yet. And what I mean by that is those guys – are used to taking these five-star guys at these monster programs and just churning them out and working the details with them. This program is in a state where they need program builders, right? Teachers. And I think with Shannon Dawson and Lance Guidry, I think the reimagination of the coordinators makes a ton of sense for where this program is now. And I give Mario a lot of credit for pivoting, which by the way, a lot of guys don't do, right? A lot of guys would be stubborn in that situation. And, you know, he he had relationships with he was just like, hey, we got to go in a different direction. Um, and those guys also felt like they needed to go in a different direction. So I think it worked out really well for everybody. When you're doing TV, I don't know how it is for spring, right? You're, you spend time with the head coach. Did you also get time with the coordinators? Yeah, we talked to Shannon and Lance, uh, a lot of Cajun talk, a lot of crawfish talk. Uh, apparently, uh, Coach Guidry also uh, a steak marinade, uh, apparently. Uh, that we were about to get the uh, ingredients to uh, Pete Thamel, our sideline reporter, and of course, our intrepid reporter, one of the best in the business, if not the best in the business of breaking college sports news, uh, was asking him about it. And then Jason Taylor said in the background, he heard, I heard him in the background, he goes, don't do it. And I'm like, wait a second. Okay, look, you need to tell Jason Taylor that unless he's going to teach you the finer points of cigar smoking, you need to pass along this steak marinade here. So you didn't get your hands on it. We did not. Jason wouldn't let him do it. He told us maybe next time we come down, he'll make some for us, and then we can reveal at that point. But, yeah, they were great. And and honestly, their energy was infectious. You could tell right away. And they were ready to get to work, right? And you look at their backgrounds. I mean, it speaks for itself, right? You got one guy who at Houston did an incredible job 
with the offense, right? And had a quarterback that at times I think has some similarities to the quarterback you have there in Tyler Van Dyke and made him look incredible. And I think in Gidry, you got a guy that look what Marshall did at Notre Dame last year, right? <laughs> like, like that's an incredible feat for sure. So I, I think that you've got two guys that certainly know how to teach and certainly know how to put their teams in the best positions to succeed and schematically are creative as well. When you sat with Mario, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, you've known Mario so long, this is not the only setting where you, you get to or have to have that opening to talk to him. But what were the things you were curious about? What do you want to know? What do you want to ask him about? Just kind of where he thinks the program was, uh, you know, as opposed to where when he first arrived. What was his answer to you? Well, that they're still building, clearly, that there was a long way to go, that there are in the sense of where they want to be, right, which is where we want the University of Miami to be, is what he said. That was his phrase. We want it to be at a place where it's competing for championships. Those were his words. We want it to be at a place where it's competing for championships. You know, he looked at me specifically and said, I mean, you of all people know what it's like when this place is rolling. And I said, yeah. So, you know, and I think they want to get there, but I, I think that, you know, when you think about it, right, he got there in December, right? And you're in the midst of all this. He's trying to save this recruiting class because it's always a challenge, right, when you make a, a change. Not that he needs uh, much help because he's a monster on the trail, right? But uh, he did a nice job there. But then you look at this real first Mario Cristobal class where he's kind of dug his hands from beginning to end. You know, it's the highest rated recruiting class in Miami history since they've been tabulating this stuff, right? And there's no surprise. And I think that he understands, and the conversation we had was about, this is just the beginning, right? Like the, you know, this particular group that is there now for, you know, a few months or a year and a year and change or whatever, this is the building blocks of what can end up becoming potentially uh, what people expect from the University of Miami. So I think ultimately he knows he's got to stack classes. And he's just rolling his sleeves up and everybody's got to go to work. Change the trajectory of your career or find your new passion. Both are possible at the University of Miami's Division of Continuing and International Education. The division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents. Visit miami.edu slash DCIE to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you. You know, grown up here, born here, raised here, but also have been away for a while, but still have, you know, you're connected, right? You're connected. How have you seen it from afar, right? Like where Miami has been and then what Mario's trying to do to get it where he just said everyone wants it to be. Um, if we're being honest, I was stunned at the talent level and where it was. Um, stunned, I imagine stunned in a- In a bad way. Correct, right. And what I would say to that is this, is this group with Mario, and, and this is just him being, regardless of where he's been, right? He's relentless on the recruiting trail, as I mentioned. It's funny, I'll give you a quick story. When we popped on the Zoom to talk to him early in the week, it was me, Pete Thamel, as I mentioned, EJ Manuel, former Florida State quarterback, Buffalo Bills, first round pick, was on the broadcast with us. And Mario immediately was like, yo, EJ, did you tell the guys that I was your first offer in Virginia when I was at FIU? 
<laughs> and they started talking about it and it was hilarious, right? Like, and that's just who he is. And I think that Miami, for whatever reason, and, and again, I, I think that there are things with Manny Diaz that I thought were good. I liked what they did with the offense with Rhett Lashley, right? I think defensively, he's a good defensive coordinator. I just think that if you look at sports, so I'm not trying to like poop on him in this sense. When you look at sports, I think some guys are CEO head coach material. And some guys aren't. And I don't know if he's there yet, right? And I think it's weird. And it's funny because I live in Los Angeles and there was a lot of this going on here. I think there's a lot of parallels between USC and Miami in this case. I was going to ask you about that because that's a, yeah. I think it's a good frame. Of, I think it's a good frame of reference and you'd be very well to speak at it from that vantage point. A hundred percent. Private schools, obviously a lot of history. Talent uh, rich markets, right? Correct. Big cities, the whole deal. It felt like for a while that both now outside of the blip with Mark Richt was there and, you know, Coach Richt had, a, I thought, a very good run there. Uh, unfortunately was coming there at a time where you know there was a lot that needed to be the, the ship needed to be righted and and I don't know if he had because of his age and health situation did not have the the proper time or energy to to fulfill what he was trying to do there and obviously then had to step away but I felt like outside of that blip where it felt like hey Miami hired Mark Rick like that's awesome it felt like prior to that and even after that and USC went through this too where it felt like they were just making it a starter job and Miami can't be a starter job. And you know, whether it was Larry Coker. Now it's funny because when you go back to Larry Coker, I remember having this conversation with multiple players that time, because this, you know, we were going way back now. This is like my first gig covering sports in Miami as a young punk. What were you doing back then? I was covering the Canes and the Dolphins. Was this 940? Yeah, for a radio station, right, for 940 at the time. The powerhouse um, of 940. <laughs> and I remember players telling me then, like, George, you can coach us, and we're going to win a championship. <laughs> like, and I was like, come on. And, like, they said, we love Larry. Larry's a great coach. Larry gets us. Larry's a good coordinator. He's been here for, for a while now. We need continuity. And they were right about that. Now, you know, he won a championship, deserves all the credit for that. Do I think Larry Coker, you know, would have been the best hire? For that particular team, it was. Because remember, back then, the talk was Barry Alvarez was going to be the coach, and the players revolted at the, that idea. But Randy Shannon took over, first-time head coach, right? Yep. Then Al Golden, first-time head coach. Uh, and then, you know, you had Rick in there in between, right? And then you had another head coach, first-time head coach in Manny. So I think that that's the parallel I see. And then what happened with USC, much like Miami, they just said, no, we got to go get somebody that we know that can put the talent on the field again. And they did that with Lincoln Riley in Los Angeles. And they did that with Mario here at the University of Miami. So I just think that that was kind of it. And it felt like Miami was not willing to engage in those recruiting battles in a way like Mario is, where he's like, I don't care how crazy you think it is for me to get that kid I'm going to go and make sure I try to do everything in my power to get that kid. And it felt like Miami at times was punting on guys because they didn't want to get into those battles, right? Can um, you think of anything that Mar other than winning that loves more than just getting into a, just getting into a foxhole over a kid? Like he loves recruiting. Oh my God. Th this dude is a maniac when it comes to <laughs> recruiting. Like I would send him messages when he was at Oregon. And, it, you know, it's late, right? It's like 10 o'clock Pacific. And 
he'd be like, yeah, man, just on the, on the trail, talking to kids. And it's just like, yo, it's, and at Oregon, he was recruiting nationally, right? Like if you look at the team by the end, there's a lot of kids from a lot of different places. Now, granted, the bulk of them were from California, but there were kids from all over the map. So I'm like, yo, you are an animal. Well, I think the, I think Jaleel Skinner, who was the tight end, who was at IMG. I remember talking right. to him last year, and he was just like, I would get texts from Mario. But remember that time, it's it's by coastal, right? So yeah. like the time at which Mario's up communicating to yeah. get it done is like just right. set up this podcast with your sorry ass because you're three hours behind. <laughs> yeah, and and he was right. He's up at dawn and before dawn, right? Oh, before dawn and burning the midnight oil, right? Like that's just who he is. So I think. That's what Miami needs. Miami needs a guy like that, that is a proven recruiter, which he is, um, and a guy who comes from a program at Oregon where he's used to a certain standard, and he is, you know, forced Miami in a lot of ways. And I think Rick started that, right? Correct. And obviously invested his own money for that uh, practice facility. But Mario has taken that to a different stratosphere, plus the teaching aspect of the coaching staff he's built I think that is a winning recipe for Miami, ultimately. When you think of great football and baseball, you think about the you. When you get hurt in a car, truck, or motorcycle wreck, you need to think Lebovic Law Group. At Lebovic Law Group, you come first. We work to get you all the money you are entitled to. Injured? You need to call or click Lebovic. Lebovic Law Group, the exclusive sponsor of the Miami Hurricanes and proud sponsor of all things you. Go you. Being in LA, being in the impact 12 country, how is Mario viewed well, for in now. the market? Pac-12 right, right, for right, now. Right, 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 right. Be so, big 10 country soon, which will be weird. Yes. So, but currently still in the yeah. Pac-12 and, and, yeah. and for the frame, for the reference point on this question, you were in the yeah. Pac-12. So how was, so, cause Mar right. The big thing for Mario was a, his ability to recruit and his ability to get into the state of California. So how was he viewed in California relative to college football in terms of what he was doing up there at Oregon. The perception was if Mario gets in the room with the kid, we better worry is basically what it was, right? Whether it's, it was SC. Um, and look, SC like Miami, a lot of the LA kids want to be there, but it, that started to fade over time, right? The Southern California wanted to be at USC. Right. They want it. Right. Originally it was always like, Oh, the LA kids are going to stay at USC. Just like how you assume South Florida kid, right? But at the end of the day, like when you start pulling back, if you take yourself out of this city, right, or, or get the glasses off, who who are the teams that they should be looking at? Right. So I think the biggest eye opener in a big way, because quarterbacks particularly, right, generally stayed on the West Coast. At, if they weren't at USC, they would at least stay on a, at a West Coast school. When Bryce Young went to Alabama, that changed everything. I think in a big way. First of all, the NIL became a, a monster part of the equation, right? He got a million dollars, which he deserved. And you're talking about a kid who played high school at Cathedral first, then switched obviously to one of the powerhouse schools. And it didn't matter because whether it was the, the city program or the powerhouse private school, he was an elite level quarterback and he was the best quarterback potentially. Well, I mean, arguably, I mean, I think he was, but arguably in that class. And, you know, that changed the dynamics for like USC, particularly where they're like, whoa, that's a kid that should be ours. And I think Miami has, you know, maybe not quarterbacks because not a lot of quarterbacks that necessarily always come out of Miami. There's other positions. Don't worry. But about But there's it. <laughs> a, ton, a ton of other positions, right, where they started losing linebackers, wide receivers, corners. And that stuff started dating back certainly previous to Manny and previous to Rick. 
you know, Randy did that great job with the Northwestern group. But then after that, you started to see it fade a little bit, right? Particularly with Al. I think some of the local kids were worried. We know about D'Onofrio and the defense, right? I think that really started to kind of spark some issues. So a lot of the defensive kids started to leave Miami. And that's when Saban with Mario, right? What's funny, Mario, Mario be like, dude, like, what happened? I'm like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? What happened? You know what happened. You did you, it. Right. You, he did you it. Were, you were part. You created this. <laughs> yeah. Urban Meyer going to Ohio State didn't help either. Right. And then all that stuff just kind of unwound and it became really bad. And I think Mario has done a really good job of kind of trying to build that back and building what, you know, DBJ always calls the state of Miami. Right. Uh, you know, south of I-4. Right. And just trying to rebuild that as the territory. Make this the day your life changes. The all-new UFIT Gyms has been created to give you exactly what you need to accelerate your fitness results, including state-of-the-art equipment and a new cross-functional turf training area. Enjoy personal training as low as $35 and new small group training classes, including HIT Plus. Take it to the next level with personalized nutrition from Eat Love, along with anywhere, anytime access to UFIT on demand with over 1,000 workouts. Reach your goals faster at the new UFIT Gyms. So Mario's name has come up multiple times you know, when this job opened up. Obviously, you've known him a long time. So when you heard it this time, and it was definitely took on a different tenor, your thought was what relative to him and Miami being a, a good fit? You know, I, I've always felt that it makes all the sense in the world. And look, I to your point, I, I called a number of Oregon games over the last couple of years. So when this job became available again, to me, it was absolutely a no-brainer that this needed to be done because I'd been around him again. You know what had, I mean? Had you been to Oregon? I have. Yeah. So how nice were the buildings? How nice was the facility? It was it ridiculous. It's insane. First of all, forget about the football and, and you know, Autzen stadium is a cool little stadium. You know what I mean? Not little, it's big, right? Like, but it's, it's a cool stadium, cool feel to it. You got a lot of people walking, right? Then you've got the basketball arenas out of control, but the track, stadium is next level i mean they've literally isn't, done... that, na- isn't that ncaa national yeah correct right? correct yeah, yeah. and they've i believe done a world championship there uh if i recall correctly so the facilities are insane you know it's like the taj mahal of facilities <laughs> so you know i i saw what he was building there and he was making that thing a national place to recruit right because there's not a bevy of kids right from Oregon that you can recruit from. So he, he started on the West coast, California, Arizona. Then he started moving a little East Nevada. Right. Um, you know, a lot of Vegas kids, um, then, you know, getting into Texas and then just getting into the East coast, the Northeast quadrant, the Southeast quadrant, uh, sec country, right? Like he was getting kids in that part of the, of the country to come to Oregon. So my thing is, yo, if he can do that there, what is he going to be able to do at Miami? If they give him the resources he needs. Can you tell me what young Mr. Cristobal, Coach Cristobal, FIU head coach, what was that like? Oh, man. It was so cool. No, like, because like, I go that far back. With that's what, but right. That's, that's yeah. where I wanted that, you know, because I yeah. always thought to myself, why did he take that job? Like, who in their right mind takes that job? Especially because they hadn't, they, how many games in a row had they lost? Like, it was a lot. He, he took over for Strzok, right? Right. There were a lot of seasons where they hadn't won a game. It was. <laughs> But he has some crazy in him, right? I mean, Rutgers, yes. FIU, like he just like I'm gonna, I'm just gonna punish myself, right? And he did, and he went to two bowl games at FIU. Right. Got T.Y. Hilton, you know, who's been a 
all pro in the NFL for years, right? Um, now at the latter stages of his career. So you were the play-by-play guy on the radio. So you were with the team in the locker room with yeah. them all. So what was he like back then? I mean, he was as intense as he's, you know, I think more intense probably back then because it's the first one, right? right. You know what I mean? Um, I think now he's a little more relaxed, but detail-oriented. Everything, he had his hands in everything. Now, he had great coordinators uh, on that team when I was there. Jeff Collins, who was a DC at the University of Florida for a while and has bounced around um, in the coaching ranks, but obviously very good coach. Scott Satterfield uh, was his offensive coordinator. Uh, So Mario was always good at, I thought, building a staff um, and building a group uh, that made a lot of sense. And then he did a really good job on the recruiting trail where he was getting these, I guess, in Florida, right, the third and fourth tier guys instead of maybe going to UCF or USF at that time. And there were plenty of those guys going there. Don't get me wrong. Right. But he would get a few of those guys, right. To, to end up at FIU and they had some success there. And then he had one down year after TY left and, you know, he was, uh, I guess, dismissed, but were you there for the bowl games? Were you there for that whole yeah. period of time? Yeah. I was there for those two years and I was gone after that. And then that's when he, the following year he had the, the down year, he was, um, unceremoniously dismissed uh but for the better for him and the better for everyone else involved now oh of course for him it was but now uh alex mirabal revealed this tidbit mario i think still has the letter and mirabal knows the date like like if you say what was the date he he can rip it off like it's today's date and that eats away at them yeah um i bet it would me too look there was a guy uh and you'll appreciate this there was a guy who was literally like the gm when i was at 790 the ticket he took over for dennis collins who had been the GM, uh, and I'm going super deep into radio weeds here, but Dennis Collins was the GM at that building at where 790 was for decades. He retires, new guy comes in, some guy from, I don't know where, I think he's some some New Yorker or whatever. And I was doing mornings at the time and he was just kind of giving me all sorts of crap, right? Like, you know, I was battling with Joe Rose, going back and forth every month on ratings. I'd win, he'd win. It It was competitive. And he basically told me, yeah, you know, I don't see you as a morning guy. You're, you're like a midday guy. And I was like, oh, okay. And, um, you know, I called my agent, got him, got him involved. And I just said, uh, look, I know Joe Bell down the street at QAM has always wanted me to come over. Um, if we end up working out a, a buyout situation here, find out how quickly I can go work over there. And then you and I got a chance to work together. So, <laughs> uh, but by the way, I, I, well, I don't remember the date, but I remember the guy's name and I never forget it. Um, and I remember ex- that exact conversation in the room. I can visualize the room. So I get it, man. Like, we all have a little petty in us, and sometimes that's a really good thing. It dr- drives you. It, f- it fuels you. Yeah. That was before last season, right? You did corner store with the cafecito and Coach Cristobal. How fun was that? Right. The week before Bethune-Cookman. It was a blast. Um, look, man, because I have a history with him going back to FIU, right? And, you know, when he went to Alabama, he and I stayed, you know, in touch a ton and then ends up at Oregon. I end up calling some of his games, right? Like, it's... You know, it, you know, we've always been very close. So the fact that he allowed me to do that and tell that story, I thought was great. It's a unique story that, as you know, can only be told by two Cubans that grew up in Miami, right? And and understand what that program means to the community. So I, I thought it was awesome. And he gave us so much time considering uh, I know how much, you know, every second uh, to him matters and is valuable uh, on in regards to building the program. So I was ecstatic that he gave us the time and and it came out great i thought and there's got to be that link right george i mean the pride of of your both your 
connected backgrounds, right? That, that, yeah. that for someone like you, especially in this city, that even though he's the football coach of the University of Miami, that there's also that other tie. No question, dude. You know, you got to support a fellow Cuban. You know, he and I are not that far apart in age. He's, you know. If- Can you consume or do you consume as much as he does? No, he's an animal. Like, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. What's going, is, it, is it the blood red or is it like a dark, sappy brown? Yeah, no, no. His blood is definitely brown for sure. I don't <laughs> think there's any question. He, he he chugs that stuff like it's, you know, he calls it gasoline. You know what I mean? Straight up. Quick, funny story. When I did an Oregon game, the first one I did was a couple years ago. And uh, I was doing it for ESPN Radio. And they were playing at Washington that week. We get on the Zoom and it's us and TV. So Mark Jones, also Miami guy, uh, doing it for ABC. And I'm doing it for ESPN Radio. And I get on. Mark and him were talking about because he had he had a cafecito in his office and he had the thing behind him to make it. And Jonesy was like, Georgie, we were just talking about you wondering when you were going to get on. Mario wants to offer us cafecito when we go over there. Uh, he's like, yeah, man, we travel with it and everything is what he said. No, so- I think him and Feld, I think they have it like Feld brings it to now. It's, it's yeah. like a thing. Yeah, I, so I think they, I'd be petrified to drink his like I think I'd be it's probably really strong, um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean, there's there's that. Yeah. So there's a connection in a lot of ways. You grow up very similarly. You grow up exile community, immigrant parents, however you want to describe it. Right. Like there's a different feel to that. Um, and I think that when you have that bond, I think that, you know, you develop a rapport that that most other people can't equate to. Right. Like they they. He and I have, have have seen each other kind of grow, right? Like I've seen him grow as a coach, uh, and he's seen me grow as a media personality. And it's kind of weird that we're 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 kind of here together now, still. Like I'm calling college games, and and he's now the coach at the school that you know he played and won championships at. And I grew up watching every day. The fact that my first TV game was his game, his first game, I think was cool. Like there's a lot of cool parallels in our careers, even though obviously they're different uh, lines of work, but. Yeah, I love the guy. I, I mean, I don't hide that by any stretch of the imagination. Is there also something special that you you get to kind of call the city a little bit yours relative to ESPN, right? When there's cool, when there's things going up here, significance, there's there's certain people that come down here and kind of can be the voice of, of the city or the school or whatever. I imagine that also uh, is special to you. No question. Um, you know, for many years, Hank Goldberg had that role uh, for ESPN. And then for many years after that, Lebetard had that role. Um, and you know, even when Dan was there, there was plenty of times that, that I would, uh, fill that void too. Um, uh, but now we got Levitard's ass out of here. It's all mine now. Get out of here, Levitard. Now Levitard's got his fancy studios across the street from the, the arena. Uh, it's just me now taking all the Cuban, all the Hispanic, all the Miami. It's all mine now. So I got LA and Miami. I got the Hispanic market. Seriously, corner. what's wrong? Like, damn, like, how much do you need? <laughs> I, I listen, man. I, uh, you, you got to accumulate as much as you can, man. Listen, you got to keep, you got to keep showing your worth around these parts. I imagine when there's a special assignment wrapped around the city. Oh, I'm in uh, immediately. Yes. Um, by the way, had the heat made the finals last year, I probably would have been assigned to it from a sports center perspective. You know what I mean? I was actually, it's funny. I was actually, uh, covering the West series last year on radio. I was, when I switched to sidelines on radio, it's for the conference finals and they had me West just logistically makes sense too. So I didn't do the Heat series, but had they gone to the finals, there probably would have been a role, I'm sure, yeah. All right, buddy. I know, I don't know what you, I know you did something before this. You've done this. I, I, listen, I don't stop, dude. I, I'm, I'm taping podcasts. By the way, speaking of podcasts, other than this one, uh, you can listen to my radio show if you, if you just like sports, right? Particularly NBA. 
Sedano and Cap on ESPN Los Angeles. And I'm also guest hosting ESPN Daily, which is our daily podcast. One story. We peel back a lot of layers to the onion. Um, a lot of cool feature stories. It's almost like a magazine show. Pablo Torre used to do it. Mina Kimes used to do it. So now they're looking for guest hosts. So yours truly is sitting in. And uh, big draft podcast coming out uh, tomorrow, which is Thursday. So there's that. So make sure you're, uh, if you're, if you have some extra time on a podcast, find me on ESPN daily too. I'm going to plug that dude. That's a nice work by you. Yeah. Bijan Robinson, big story on Bijan Robinson for tomorrow. Best running back in the draft. How's cap doing by your partner, an old Floridian Scott Kaplan. Yeah. Coral Springs, his own uh, Scott Kaplan. He's great. He's like my rodeo clown on the radio. You know, somebody needs to be the straight man. He's your Stugatz. Don't say that. There's only Why? one Stugatz, as you and I know. There's not, there can never be more than one. He enjoys being the butt of the joke, which is great because not everybody likes to do that. All right. Got to be the butt of something, I guess. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, Mr. Sedano. Appreciate you, buddy. It's great seeing you last week. Thanks for doing this, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. All right, pal. I'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for having me. See you, buddy. Thanks, dude. Go do what you got to do. Yeah, bro. See you. Thanks. See you. All right. Appreciate George Sedano, ESPN, ESPN 710 the podcast you can catch him on the sidelines maybe he'll be down here next year for a university of miami football game behind the you podcast is brought to you by gulfstream park join us at gulfstream park this winter with live action wednesday through sunday enjoy entertainment outdoors at the carousel club or feast in 10 palms not hungry visit our many on-site shopping locations from fashion stores to home furnishings for schedules reservations and tickets visit gulfstreampark.com